Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. And I'm so glad that you are joining me today. So give yourself a little pat on the back as you are investing in yourself by spending the time with me today because you are here to learn something about grant writing and funding, right? So you might be here if you work at a nonprofit or if you work for nonprofits. Um, so maybe you're a freelancer, a nonprofit consultant, or a grant writer, funding development, board of directors, um, executive director, and so forth. And if you fall under any and all of those categories, it is, you are a change maker. Right? <laughs> so you're definitely a change maker in doing good in the world. For today's podcast episode, I'm really excited to continue our four-part series on freelance grant writing. And um, definitely, if you're like, I'm not a freelancer though, Holly, I'm just I'm an executive director at a nonprofit, etc. This is still um, really good information to, for you to listen to. Um, as we're going to be talking about pricing and packaging today, and that's something that you know you might consider if you are looking to hire a freelancer, how they actually price, or even if you're going to be running some services out of your nonprofit, this could be applicable to you. So um, before we get started, though, I do want to say uh, I do have my eight-week freelance grant writer master course starting up in October 2021. So we just opened the doors this week, and it is closed. The doors will close October 21st, 2021, and we're going to kick off our live, our eight weekly live Zoom calls um, on October 26th. So if you want to get on, in on that, you're going to get the full on-demand freelance grant writing course, um, your, which is eight modules of amazing material, plus you're going to get a private eight-week um, Facebook cohort group. You're going to get eight weekly Zooms with your cohort and myself, of course. You're also going to get access to me throughout the eight weeks. So if you want me to review your website that you're building or you're, you don't really know what you should call your consulting name um, or you have some packages that you want to develop and you want me to look them over or you're just trying to structure them and you want me to look them over. Or even if you're working on a grant and you're like, hey, Holly, can you get some eyes on this? Can you give me a review? So all of those come and there's some bonuses included as well. Like that's not bonus enough. <laughs> Definitely a lot of great things in there. Um, I'm only having this open for 20 seats though, and they're already starting to fill up. So do jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 191 um, for today's podcast episode. And I will have more information there. Um, as long as you come before October 21st. And if you're listening to this podcast and it's way past the date, uh, don't worry, you can definitely jump over to my website, grantwritingandfunding.com to see information about my courses. Um, I only do these type of eight week live freelance courses though, maybe once or twice a year at the most. So um, you definitely want to jump in um, and see when it's open, right? Okay, all right, so let's go ahead and get into this. Um, and for all the show notes today as well, do go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 191. All right, so as I mentioned, um, we're building off the last two episodes. In the first episode, we really talked about um, how to start a freelancing grant writing company. 
In the second episode last week, we talked about how to really identify your nonprofit niche, right? What kind of clients you, you can really um, feel authentic with reaching out to. And today, I'm going to give you the exact blueprint you need to develop pricing and packaging. So if you've ever been confused about how, how all the pieces of freelance grant writing fit together, and more importantly, what goes into creating massive success with freelance grant writing, I've been doing this for a number of years, you guys, and it's a very um, awesome, it's an awesome industry because nonprofits are always looking for freelancers. You can do this out of your home. You can do it anywhere in the world. I've worked in numerous countries even doing grant writing. So it's definitely a place for you um, and you're gonna wanna tune in and keep listening. So maybe you're a newbie grant writer and you aren't sure how to price services or you're already an accomplished grant writer that isn't experiencing the kind of growth you're after. So in this podcast, I'm going to show you how aspiring freelance grant writers like you and me can develop pricing and packaging. So let me just go ahead and recap our first two podcasts in this series, and that was 189 and 190. So in podcast episode 189, we talked about how now is the right time to get off that floundering fence. Um, if you've been thinking, should I start this? Should I become a freelance grant writer? Uh, now is the time to get off that floundering fence fence so you can have more clarity and confidence. Then in last week's podcast, 190, we covered the first step so you can take so you can actually get and keep nonprofit clients. So if you haven't listened to those podcasts, please um, go back and listen to them and come back to this one. All right, so in this episode, I'm going to build on what we've already discussed by giving you the complete blueprint to develop pricing and packaging. By the end of this video, you're gonna have so much clarity about freelance grant writing and you're gonna see how everything fits together. Let's go ahead and get started if you are ready to break free of the frustration of, oh my gosh, what should I charge? Um, as this will be a key in helping you really start a real business and get nonprofit clients you know, and just keep growing in success. And this, you know, as a side note, you guys, one of the biggest questions I always get is, how do I price my services, Holly? <laughs> so this is a big doozy of a one. It really is. So we got a lot to cover, so make sure you grab your pen and paper so you can follow along or come back to this if you're driving or working out or uh, doing the cooking or whatever you're doing right now. You might wanna come back to this one with a pen and paper. So anytime you're trying to develop pricing, it can be hard because in the beginning, everything's new. Things like what to charge, how to charge, and when to charge. And you can see that as you grow, you come up against new challenges again and again. For example, I mean, I started off offering um, in-person grant writing workshops. So a six hour workshop on grant writing, um, and that's what I would do. And, you know, so it, and then I diversified. I also did writing, just writing grants, right? Only writing foundation grants. And I went into writing federal grants as well. And then so many different types of services, right? So, um, there's so many things that you can do. And as you keep growing, you always kind of need to evaluate, well, how much should this cost? What should this value be, et cetera, right? So it's something I come back to again and again, but even if you have experience with freelance grant writing already, you're always looking for the 80-20 rule, right? So you don't have time to waste. You want to find that the 20% that's going to produce the 80% of the results. And that's why the 
freelance grant writing pricing tips here are going to save you a ton of time. So this is the exact blueprint you need to develop for your pricing. I remember nonprofit clients would come to me and I didn't have my pricing developed. It was more like they would come to me and I would gauge to see if they would be able to pay. <laughs> I would spend time looking at the grant opportunity, if they sent me one they wanted me to write, then I would go back and forth on the proposal dance is what I like to call it. <laughs> I would call my mentor and say I wasn't sure what to charge and go back and forth instead of just already having something figured out and really knowing in my gut what I really wanted to charge. And some of this is even still today I have to catch myself and say, Holly, nope, you're starting to do the discount kind of like scarcity thing. So coming back to this again and again is always so good. If any of this sounds familiar, nonprofit clients don't really want to come and tell you how to price your services. You may want them to tell you their budget so you don't have to figure out your pricing, but that is a slippery slope. Plus it's not being professional or stepping into your value. But that's the way a lot of startup freelance grant writers and nonprofit consultants think because they just don't know how to package things. So it's really important for you to know your worth, but it is also really good for you to know how much time it takes you to do things. All right, so I have four main tips for you today. Number one, don't just look at the market for your pricing. So I'm kind of telling you, hmm, maybe what not to do to start off with. So have you been looking around your area to see how much freelance freelancers even charge? Do you know the market rate? Now, this isn't always something you should do just because Joe Schmo is charging $100 an hour that you should charge $100 an hour. Honestly, the majority of freelance grant writers aren't Joe Schmo. They're Jane Schmo, right? They are women. I saw one report recently that said 75% of um, people in the nonprofit sector are women. However, who has most of the executive director and board director roles? Men. It's disproportional right? So women tend to struggle with their pricing due to systematic discrimination. And if you want more on that, listen to episode 187 as I had a whole podcast just on how, why, um, the, what the systemic issues are with female grant writers struggling with pricing. So I definitely recommend you listen to that podcast. <laughs> All right. So here is if Sally or Jane <laughs> is only charging $50 an hour due to her feeling like an imposter, and then you see $50 an hour is the market rate, and then you match that much, you could be adding to the systemic gender pricing problem. So, however, it is good to have a snoop around and see what other people are charging and get a feel for it, but this is not your holy grail. It's also interesting to see that a lot of males are charging more, but that doesn't mean they have more experience. Like I said, hold this with a grain of salt, but you can be aware of it. And what I mean by that is men, you know, I see a lot of the freelance grant writers out there, the men publishing their prices, and many of the people don't publish their prices, so it's hard to even gauge this. But a lot of them do, and uh, or some of them do, and it's funny because right away they'll see they're charging more than the women out there. And automatically, what does that make you think? You think, oh, he must have a lot more experience. He must have like whatever is one, you know, billions of dollars in grants to be charging that much. But the reality of it is are that a lot of men aren't as highly qualified as the women 
However, they're charging more. And this goes back to they have more confidence. They understand their value a lot more than women, right, overall. And that goes back to that systemic gender discrimination. So don't just think because this woman out there is charging X much that you need to charge the same or that if you see a man charging way more that he has more experience than you. That might not be the case at all. So like I said, it is important to be aware of the market, but don't just base your prices solely on the market because there are definitely flaws there that you can, I hope you see and understand that right now. All right, so now that I kind of told you what not to do, let's also consider another thing. Now I said a lot of times it's hard when you're even looking at the market to see prices, but you might consider, so step number two, you might consider publishing your grant writing pricing on your website. Oh my gosh, Holly just said that because everyone says don't do that. Okay, <laughs> there are two teams for this. Kind of like what was that? Um, team Ed Edward and Team Jacob, remember the Twilight series? <laughs> the day. So there are two teams for this. A lot of service-driven industry does not publish their prices. They do, just don't, right? They don't do it on their websites and instead invite people to do like a free 15-minute consultation call or discovery call. This can be good as you are getting people to know you and see your value before they see your prices. However, this can also be a huge time suck and maybe people, you know, they just want a free consultation and are shopping around for prices. So I've definitely seen that. I see a lot of people that do kind of sales in this where they do like a free, you know, free consultation. A lot more of those are agencies where they have dedicated salespeople and that's their major part of their job. So think of you, if you're a freelance grant writer or a nonprofit consultant, chances are the people in your team are one, you. So how much time of your time do you want to do with that, right? So I used to offer free consultations, but very quickly got burned out on this. I found that charging people for my time and if they opt to sign in for my services, right? So they could get the consultation cost rolled into their services. Um, or I would publish my pricing on my website. Um, once I started doing that, it vetted out people who weren't serious. So for me, it was very much a time management um, decision to start publishing my prices, to start not taking <laughs> on free 15-minute consultations or free hour meetings. Um, I actually started charging for those. And even if people are like, Holly, I just want to pick your brain, I was like, yeah, you can pick my brain by um, paying this fee and setting up the time right here. <laughs> so, and that really helped only the people that were really serious about it um, come to me. So you might be like, but Holly, how will I get clients if I don't do that? You can definitely do other things. And these are all your own personal decisions. Try, you know, try different things. See what works for you. But if you're seeing yourself, oh my gosh, I'm getting all these 15-minute consultations or they're getting my hopes up and they're just not turning into sales and da-da-da-da-da, there might be better, smarter ways to go back to that 80-20 principle, right? For example, when I did put my pricing online and charge for my consultation, I could then focus on the 20% of my business that was bringing in the 80% of the revenue, right? So that the other thing too is, um, and make that instead of only 20%, even more percent of my time going into that, right? So what's really bringing in the revenue? Let me focus on that. 
And the other thing too, of course, then was that the 20% of the clients that would actually sign up, so I got a fewer people signing up, right? But the ones who would pay for the consultation and inquire about my service availability, and even if you're saying, but Holly, I'm going to get, you know, way fewer people signing up for, for my time if I charge for it. You know, maybe I'm going to get 10 people signing up for my time every single month, but I'm actually, what are your conversion rates then, right? Are your conversion rates high? If they're high, stick with that. No problem. I'm not telling you to change what's not working, but I am telling you that, you know, I'm suggesting that if it's not really working, if you're saying, well, I only get a very small percent of those actually turning into leads um, or turning into clients, then there might be a better way, right? So if you have fewer that actually pay for your consulting calls, right, then they're going to be more apt. And what I found was if they paid just for that entry to speak with me, they were way more likely to actually become a client. They were already invested into me. So it was already, we had a relationship because of that right away, because of that monetary exchange, right? So they actually would show up on time to the meeting as well. Um, and they would do so much, it was like such a better relationship. They were way more serious. So there's those different things to consider. Number three, factor in your grant writing experience and skills. If you've been writing grants for five years and now you're going to transition into freelance grant writing, you're going to be able to charge a different rate than somebody who's never written a grant and is starting off as a freelance grant writer. Definitely price yourself accordingly. Right, so that's why I say go more introspective in a lot of ways than the uh, the extra. There are the expert. <laughs> I don't even know the opposite side of this, but instead of being you know out there and looking around at the market and what other people are doing, focus more on you. What what is your value, right? How much experience do you have? What kind of grants have you won? What kind of nonprofits have you worked at? You know, even if it's volunteering and you've written grants, that's still grant experience. All right. So the other thing too is if you've written grants but have only written them on a volunteer basis, like I said, or as an intern, that still counts as experience. People don't need to know that you didn't get paid for it. They need to know that you've done the work. Of course you need a price when you're going to feel, you know, with something you're gonna feel comfortable with. But if you think this, other people are only charging $25 an hour in my town and I've got a few years of experience so maybe I'll just start there. But when I think about it, I'm not really going to show up when I'm just getting $25 an hour because it really doesn't make me excited and I really can't cover my bills with that. So don't just go with the quote unquote flow out there. Think about what you're going to feel excited about showing up, right? A little bit of butterflies is always a good thing in your stomach when you're thinking about your pricing, but you also have to really embrace it and really don't just pay yourself pennies. Don't get stuck in that cycle. You are worth it. Writing grants can help bring in millions of dollars to organizations. You are worth it. So, but if you get that not excited to show up, that's a clear sign to not go by what other people are charging. Price it what covers your expenses, your overhead, your taxes, your profit, and also what makes you show up 100% of the time. 
When starting out, I know many of us freelance grant writers have undercharged and thought, oh no, I don't believe I took on that client and now, now I only, you know, I only charge them for this and I'm going to work so much now. I'm putting in so much value and I'm not getting paid in return for the value I put in. Ah. Right? So if you've ever been there, and especially if you signed a 12-month contract and then you realize, oh snap, I did not charge enough. So it's very important to show up fully and be excited about that and charge accordingly. And number four, factor the time it takes to write grants. So we kind of looked at don't just charge what the market is, but do be aware of it, right? Our second thing is also consider um, publishing your prices on your website. And here's the news. You can always change it on your website. It doesn't have to stay that way. Just because your prices were on your website last week doesn't mean you can't increase them this week, right? So that's the other thing. Um, or at least not taking on discovery calls for free or being very, very clear that you're, you're transitioning into good uh, clients through your discovery calls if you want to do them for free. Just make sure that they are converting well. And then, of course, we said... Make sure, too, that you factor in your grant writing experience and skills. You don't have to have decades of experience to charge well. You need to know what you're doing, right? So um, you can also use experience that you've done through volunteering, etc. And number four is factor the time it takes to write grants. This is important to consider because a lot of freelancers like to offer their um, packages or pricing for writing a very specific grant versus pricing hourly. To get an understanding of what to charge per package or grant, it is good to have an estimated idea of how long it will take you to complete. Even if you're charging for a package or a grant rate, I still recommend you track your time, right? That way you will start to really understand your time and how to manage clients when it's time to hire, if you wanna hire someone else in the future, etc. You can open up an Excel sheet and just track your time per client However, if you want a more intuitive tech to help you, then you might want to check out Toggle, T-O-G-G-L, um, in this way, and I love that because it's actually like an, uh, you can log in and it's actually an app as well, but you can add a client in your dashboard and then click on a timer on top whenever you are working on a project for them. You can also specify what types of projects you are working on for that client, i.e. client A, grant research, Client A, grant writing, client A, meetings, and then click a button to also then have a report. So it'll show you a whole report with all of the time for each task you've done for that client. And I love sending this to clients for the month. I like to show them what I've been working on, etc. And if you're charging hourly, this is a godsend, right? Because you can't estimate. If you don't do this, like even if I'm writing an email, I'm like, click on the timer. Even if I'm on a phone call with them, click on the timer, right? So then that way, I really understand how much time I'm actually dedicating to them. Even if you are charging package rates, you can reflect each month on where your time went. And this will help you when you want to break down the 80-20 rule of where you want to dedicate your time. Right? So like I said, even if you're not charging hourly and you're not gonna send this information over your, to your client because they don't really care what, how much time it takes you, this is gold for you because then you can click on the reports and you can say, hmm, how much time did I spend with client A this month? <laughs> right? 
And if I'm charging them $5,000 a month or whatever, how much time am I actually, is it really taking me? Or if I'm only charging them to write this grant, how much time did it actually take me to write that grant? Um, and this will give you a good idea if, if you need to increase your prices. So like, like you can really tell how much time it takes to write a foundation grant versus federal grants. So if you're charging $5,000 to write a foundation grant and $7,500 to write a federal grant, but when you figure out it takes you 25 hours on average to write a foundation grant and 100 hours per hour, um, on average to write a federal grant, then you are probably going to want to change your package rates, right? So of course you need to remember that, um, sorry, I'm getting a little dings over here. So of course you need to remember you need to first have a good idea of what your value is as we discussed above. But let's say you only charge $50 an hour and you know that it only takes 25 hours to write a foundation grant. That would be $1,250, so $1,250. However, is that foundation grant worth more than that? Are you writing a grant that could help secure $100,000 or be a higher benefit for the executive director to not have to write it? So be careful about only charging hourly because you need to make sure your hourly rate then is high enough if you're not doing packages. Because if you really think about it, you said, okay, I'm only gonna charge $50 an hour, that's gonna be my price, and that's how you charge all the time, and then you realize, huh, the better I get at grant writing, the faster I become, but that is starting to devalue my prices because I don't have to put in as many hours and now they're getting the better deal. <laughs> that works against you, my friend. So at that point, you might wanna say, okay, I understand it only takes me 25 hours, so I either need to weigh up my prices or uh, my hourly prices, or I just need to charge a set package rate for that. So it might be $5,000 to write that foundation grant, right? So that way, even if it takes you 25 hours, even if it takes you 10 hours, you're still getting the same rate. Okay, so let's do a quick review of what we learned today. We discussed, don't just look at the market for your pricing. Consider publishing your grant writing pricing on your website and consider not doing discovery calls for free. Factor in your grant writing experience and skills, and factor in the time it takes you to actually write grants. If you found this podcast helpful, I sure hope you share it with somebody else that you might think will find helpful, or leave a review on the Grant Writing and Funding podcast. That helps other people find this as well. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you have not checked out episode 189 and 190 and are interested in freelancing, please make sure you do. And remember, I have my eight-week freelance grant writing master course now open, um, so you definitely want to check um, over at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 191 to get all of the information about that and register to get, grab one of your seats, only 20 seats, remember, that are available uh, for this session, which is my last session in 2021. So you're definitely going to want to join that as you can move forward. Um, we definitely go into more of the nitty gritty. I give you actual examples and templates on, about retainers and packaging and pricing and uh, discovery call templates, questions you need to ask, um, if questions are asked of you, how you respond, etc. There are so many goodies in that. And like I said, pricing is one of the biggest questions I always get. So I cover that really in depth in the Freelance Grant Writer Master Course. And if you're thinking, Holly, I just can't join right now because I don't have the time to go through it. 
um, you know, coming up for the holidays, etc. I also have a um, big, huge promotion going on, the on-demand freelance grant writer master course, which is all of the, temp the templates, the videos, the modules, etc. that you get in the eight-week one, but it doesn't have the weekly Zoom sessions. Um, and you can do the on-demand at any time. So if you want to grab that, I actually have a big bonus discount going on right now. And you can find out all the information as well at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 191. So just like my vision says, is I'm creating a tribe of grant writers. So that is why I've created the Freelance Grant Writer Master Course is to help create a tribe of grant writers so you guys can help more nonprofits throughout the world and create positive change. All right, so I will talk to you guys soon.